afraid I was going to have to do the same kind of preaching. Sorry about that. This is an excitement. It's the end of the year. Well, what would I have to do to convince you all? We were looking for We got 25 people here or something. You know, where 25 are gathered together, is that what the Bible says? That's two or three. Two or three. Okay. We're still well within that. Yeah. 
exalted in your life this last year. How are you going to be exalted in the next year? Feel free to share your testimonies of what he's done for you. I was reading this morning in Luke, I think like the next chapter after the chapter of the Bible, Solomon, in fact, I'm sure before that, but it was there this lady came to the judge, and the judge just wouldn't take time with this lady. She just, he just shrugged her off and said, hey, um, I don't have time with you. And, uh, and she kept persisting, coming back to the judge, and left her, he just left her go. So finally, he had enough. And he came and, and did the request that she wanted, and it was type of us coming to the Lord in a way that we don't give up. Just continue asking the Lord, and he doesn't answer right away. Continue to ask. And I had to think of that this, this past year, you know, how the, we've been asking the Lord to help my wife with the heart. You know, we tried to do about everything we could. We pretty much exhausted ourselves. Don't have all the stuff we were going on. We went to Tennessee twice, and to Clearwater, and uh, uh, Scottsdale, and, and still, you know. But it looks like we're still, we're still asking the Lord to help us and all, but with everything we got going on, I think we're going to need to open heart surgery now, so it's probably coming, and we'll ask the Lord to help us through that too, if he heals the heart before, it would be wonderful, but keep praying for my wife, and keep in the Lord, and we're not giving up, I think I like that story this morning, but we're not going to give up, the Lord is good, and uh, it's like my wife said, he is living in our hearts. Actually, she said, this is the Lord's heart. It's not my heart. So, this is the Lord's heart, and he can do with it what he wants, and of course, we're taking the heel. So, that's our prayer. You know, that, that story has always intrigued me how Jesus, God, told that story, and essentially compared himself to the unjust judge, as it were, and I always wondered why he used that, why didn't he use a righteous judge as, as an example of yeah. a person coming to them, but um, if an unjust person will come and finally answer the needs of somebody, how much more our Heavenly Father do that? Dave, would you lead us in a prayer for John and Sarah, and especially for Sarah and her health, please? Father in heaven, we come before you. Uh, the Lord, Lord, I just want you to lift up uh, sister Sarah. She is a sister father. I just pray that you be with her. Thank you. 
as I, you know, in my younger years, I mean, I kind of knew this wasn't the case, but you kind of have it in your mind where you, you kind of get there and you realize, you know, you have a full realization of how much you need the Lord loves. It doesn't work that way. It's, it's one thing that's been true in my life, I think, every year is that I realize that I need him more. And that's a good thing, realizing our own Inability, if you will. And you know that's that's where the Lord can uh, really use us when we understand that we don't have any abilities in and of ourselves, and that we actually need Him. So let's let that be our heart. Our heart cry, Lord, I need you.
you're welcome to come on up here and hear the lesson too, and anyone else that uh, uh, feels like they need a kid's lesson, how about that? Dental, I think Caden's uh, feeling lonely. You better come sit beside him.
day the Persian governors, aides, and army officers came to the palace for a long holiday. The king wanted to dazzle them all with his splendor and wealth, and the final week of merrymaking was spent in feasting and royal wine. Meanwhile, the queen also gave a party for the women of the palace. On the last day, she received a royal summons. The king, giddy from all the wine, wanted to show off her beauty to the men. The queen did not want to disgrace herself in this way. She refused to come to the king. This made the king furious. He asked, what shall we do with the queen who dares to disobey the king? One of the king's wise men said, the queen has, not, has wronged not only you, but every citizen of your empire. Women everywhere will begin to disobey their husbands when they hear about this. Therefore, you must banish the queen from your presence and choose another queen more worthy than her. Immediately, the king followed his advice. But after his arrival had cooled, he began brooding over, the, over his loss. So his aide suggested, let us bring you together the most beautiful virgins of your empire. The girl who pleases you the most will instead be the queen. This advice pleased the king, and he agreed to the plan. Esther was one of the many beautiful girls brought to the king. After her parents had died, her, her cousin had raised her as his own daughter. Every day, they went to the palace to see how Esther was doing. Finally, each girl in return went to the king. Many had requested extra trinkets and finery, but not Esther. Her very simplicity only brought her out, only brought out more beauty than ever. When the king saw Esther, he loved her above all the others. He placed the crown on her head, and so Esther the became Esther.
Thanks, Chad. Thank you all for being here this morning. We welcome to each one. If you have your bulletins, you can see the announcements in there. Uh, it looks like most of the Lapp family is not here this morning. We've got one of them represented. And I tell you what, Lukey, we're proud of you. So, uh, Phil and Michael will be traveling back from Haiti. If you've been seeing the updates they've been sending, sounds like they've been having a good time down there. Uh, they'll be coming back tomorrow, I believe, so pray for them. And uh, as always, over the holidays, we have many people traveling, which uh, results in a smaller group, and also seems to be a lot of sickness going around, flu and such like, so for those who are not feeling well. Um, we have our men's Bible study that's going to be starting up again. Um, the book study that Phil's hosting, and I think there's some details on that in the bulletin, starting here in the next week or two. Um, for more information on that, uh, you can message Phil as well. I think of a humorous story whenever I see a smaller audience story that I've uh, heard years ago of a pastor got to church and had his sermon on prepared. It was a really bad snowstorm and the only person that showed up was the greeter. So I guess it was Steve. <laughs> and uh, nobody showed up. And it was time for the sermon. And the pastor said, well, it looks like you're here. So uh, I got my sermon. I guess I'll, I'll uh, preach it. So reader said, sure, he'll sit down and listen to it, and the uh, preacher got up, and he, he left him out. He preached his whole sermon, you know, an hour long, whatever. He left him. He decided he was going to give it up. After he was done, he looked at the reader and said, well, what, what do you think? Was, was it a good sermon? And the reader said, well, you know, I'm a farmer, and I go out to feed my cows. If only one of the cows show up, I don't give them the whole load. <laughs> now, with the word of God, I'm not sure that that's a good comparison. And maybe, maybe the Mexican version of that would be tacos. I don't know. If you show up at a lady's house and uh, he has a tacos prepared for 100 guests and you're the only one that shows up, he's still going to put all the tacos out there for me. So hopefully that's what he does here for us this morning. So come on up here, Lee. Seriously, as we close out this year and go into another year, Lord, and remind you of your faithfulness again, and pray that your word will be real and alive in our hearts. Bless my brother with the words that you want him to share. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first time 
I mean, you, you guys know my story, right? Born, raised in Mexico, and tacos everywhere, that kind of stuff. Um, and then we moved. So we moved to Europe for two years, and that was like my real challenge with English, right? Because the Dutch, they, they speak very good English, but of course the national language is Dutch, which I have no idea, nothing, right? It sounds like it. something is wrong with the throat, with all due respect to the Dutch speakers. <laughs> That's why it sounds to me, okay? <laughs> um, but then we came back to visit, went to visit the church of my father-in-law, and you know, I, I remember being like in the back over there, and, and and then I saw this guy coming to me to say hi. And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to have to speak in English. And I was so nervous, okay? And the guy is like, hey, hi, um, how are you? You know, trying try to be friendly and, and, and loving. And he's like, who, who are you? Are you visiting? Do you come to this church? And I'm like, you, you know the Osbournes? And he was like, yeah, well, I'm, do you know Christy? And he's like, yeah, I do know Christy. Well, I'm his wife. And, and he was like, what? No, and I, I was like, oh, I said something wrong. I am his, his husband. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm still wrong. Um, it's her, because it's, it's just a woman. I'm her wife. So the guy was like, well, okay, good to be. I mean, actually, there is no reason for that story, but for some reason, that her and his in Spanish is the same word. So you, you need to know what you're talking about to understand if you're talking about a she or a he. So, and it still happens, which is awful. <laughs> Anyways, that's just a random story. Um, so I think I think Phil mentioned to you that we have been, you know, we talked about studying together Colossians. And I thought, you know what? It should not be only Phil and I. I think it should be all of us. All of us. And we all, you know, learn and grow together in this book. And I have to be honest with you. I feel like sometimes I read the Bible, but I do not study the Bible. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I've done it. I mean, I can go and do oh, it sounds like that in my head. So, I know last last time 
Phil talked about the whole first chapter. My respect by the grandma, I did that. I feel like I would just go with Paul, come on, let's go home. Right? I mean, that, that much I can do. <laughs> um, so you, you know I'm not a scholar, but, but I just want to share my heart. I just want to share what the Lord has been showing me through his word. And hey, if he shows you something, please do let me know. Well, let us know. We would love to hear what God is, is doing in your heart. So I'm going to go to chapter 2. So everybody go to Colossians. And by the way, remember that names of cities and people are hard for me, so bear with me. Colossians. Are we good with that? Colossians, that's not good? Okay, chapter 2. I'm going to read it. Okay, and then we're going to talk about it. So, verse 1 to verse 5. I know, that's it. That's all we're going to do today. 1 to 5. Let's see how it goes. For I want you to know how great, how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. I must confess that I practiced the word Laodicea like for two hours. That was a, that was a hard one. For, for me it sounds like loud, Laodicea. That's how it sounds for all the Laodicea. I'm saying it right, right? Okay. Yeah. Because I spent two hours practicing. Yeah. Laodicea. <laughs> Uh, have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the reaches of full assurance of understanding, and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Now I want to show you really quick, you know, my, I just want to thank my wife for helping me, we've been studying, studying together, um, you know, this chapter, and it's been really fun by the way, it's been really awesome, studying together, we spent a couple hours this week, and so, we both made notes. These are my notes. Right? Straight to the point. Boom. These are her notes. <laughs> A little different. With colors, making here and there. That. So, I'm like, you know what? It looks, yours looks really nice. I think I'm going to borrow that. I'm going to use your notes this time. So, just, just a little difference over there. So, okay. I would like to give you a little bit of context of what's going on. Why is Paul saying this to the church at Colossi? Colossi. Colossi. Thank you. Why is he saying that? So we need to remember that Paul at this point is his... He's not having fun. Well, I think, I don't know. He's not having fun. He's not, you know, in, in Cancun, Mexico, right? He's in a prison. He's in jail. Now, if I, I want to say that the difference between Paul and the guys that were there with him, some of them anyways, some of the guys were bad people, right? They maybe killed somebody or they maybe stole something, I don't know. And they went to jail. But Paul was there because he was preaching the gospel of God, right? So he's with these people, and then this guy, I think his name is a, a, 
Paphras or something. He went to visit him, right, because they started a church in Colossae. Um, so, you know, he's explaining what's going on. And because what Paul hears from this person, from this brother, then he writes a letter. And this is what was happening during this time. So, Epaphras visits Paul and tells him about the, the church back in Colossae. They're doing great. Man, these guys are growing in love. You know, they're getting to know Jesus. But they are having some challenges too. So the challenging part, it, it, is, it is important. This is some of the challenges that they were having. There was different lines of thinking going on during this time. And what do I mean by that? There was one, I mean, one that I found out, and by the way, I'm not an expert in this subject, so I'm sorry it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to explain what I understand of this movement called Gnosticism. Have you, have you heard that word before? Yeah. Gnosticism. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read to you a definition of what it is. So Gnosticism is a collection of religious ideas and system that, um, ooh, I don't know this word, co coalesced or I don't know, started, were collected, I don't know, in the late first century AD among Jewish and early Christian sects. These various groups emphasize personal spiritual knowledge. This sounds really good, by the way. Personal spiritual knowledge is like, okay, above the proto-Orthodox teachings, traditions, and authority of religious institutions. Gnostic cosmogony generally presents a distinction between a supreme hidden God and a malevolent lesser divinity, sometimes associated with the biblical deity, is that what you say? Deity. Yahweh, who is responsible for creating the material universe. Consequently, Gnostics consider material existence, existence flawed or evil and held the principal element of salvation to be direct knowledge of the hidden divinity, attained via mystical or esoteric insight. Many Gnostic texts deal not in concepts of sin and repentance, but with illusion and enlightenment. I don't know about you, but that sounds like, okay, that sounds like good, but at the same time, I'm not sure about what this is saying. So Gnosticism is a belief that spiritual enlightenment and salvation is accessible only through secret or hidden knowledge. This is the tricky part. Okay, it, there is access to this, but it's a secret knowledge. So basically, nobody can get to it. You, you see that? You see why it's tricky? In Gnosticism, there is a general belief that there is a perfect God, but He's, but He is pure Spirit and is completely unknowable and inaccessible. To us. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It, that's not like half true. Yeah, there's a guy, and he's like, wow, amazing. We cannot even describe it with the words. We don't even have the, I'm going to call it the level of understanding to describe it and being able to say, yeah, from A to Z, 
I can describe God and I go alone. Our minds cannot go that high, right? Because he is, I cannot even describe it with words. I need to, to do like, and I think you understand what I'm saying, right? He's way, 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 way beyond and above everything that we can think of. And if you notice, if you, if you go in that direction, and if I told you, it is impossible to get to know him. You would probably agree with me, right? Because like, that makes sense. Because he's way, way, way beyond everything we can see or understand. It makes sense. So this is what this people of Colossae, and also it seems like the people from Laodicea, you know, these two towns, I'm guessing they were like close to each other. I don't know. We need to find out later, I guess. But they are hearing all these things. And, you know, it's like, oh, what's going on here? So is this, this sounds very close to what we are supposed to believe. This is very close to what we are learning, right, in the Word of God. So what do we do with it? You see the challenge? So because of this, what's going on, this line of thinking, that is very close. That is not the same. So Paul, which is also fascinating, Paul hasn't met these people yet. Isn't that interesting? So Epaphras, it was like a mission, basically, let's say. Let's call it that way. Right? So Epaphras and Paul met, and Epaphras goes to this town and starts a, a church over there, a group of people. You know, that they want to learn to be known and know more about Jesus. And, and Paul doesn't know them. But still, he cares for them. And he writes a letter. And it's a powerful letter. So he's saying, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. In other words, I want you to know, guys, how much I care for you. I have a burden, but a good burden. It's a good one. Right, I mean, I, I, I try to find different definitions or like other, um, oh, I forgot. What's the uh, versions of the Bible, how do you call that? I'm sorry? Yeah, versions of the Bible. And some of them use the word anxiety, which is like, anxiety is usually like, not good. But in this case, I want to say it's a good anxiety. It's like a good desire for them. Guys, I care for you. I want you to know that I have a great struggle, a burden I have for you. And for those at Laodicea, right? For you and for them, for all of you. And then he says, and for all who have not seen me face to face. And I want to say, hey, we can't be those guys. We never seen you face to face. And I mean, one day, but not right now. But, but you know what I'm saying. He's talking to, I mean, all of you brothers and sisters that I haven't met. I care for you. And this is what he's, he's wanting or hoping. That their hearts may be encouraged. And check this out. He's not talking about, he doesn't say that your minds, that your, the, world, the, the way you dress, the way you behave, no, but that your heart may be encouraged, like motivated, being knit together in love. Which is, I think this is powerful. Guys, you all 
knit together like one entity, Amen. like one body, like the body of Christ. Amen. Now, when we are like this, knit together, right? Then we reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. So remember, these guys are hearing that there is that God is so mysterious. And in a way, I mean, yeah, he is. Right? Because we know he created everything. He created the earth. He created men and women. And we have an idea, but we don't actually know how exactly he did it. Right? Like if he tried something and then makes that. We don't know that. It matters not to think so. We just know he's the author. Right? So there's a lot of mystery right there. I don't know about you, I think there's a lot of mystery. Or things that we cannot fully understand, like, okay, how did you create the sun? Or the moon? Or the planets? We don't know. So there are a lot of things going on that we don't, cannot define, describe 100%. Right? So those mysteries are affecting the brothers and sisters during this time. So, is he, can we get to know him then? Or do we need to do something in order to be able to know him? And Paul is saying, guys, all those unknown things and mysteries are in Jesus, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is the answer. He's giving you the answer. And I don't know about you, but I love the fact that Paul doesn't waste his time saying, and you know these guys that are telling you this, they are wrong. And the guys that are telling you that you cannot, they are wrong. He doesn't even bother by that. He goes straight to the point, which is Jesus. And he's telling them all those doubts and all those questions that you're having you notice that he, does, he didn't say, that is wrong. It, it is wrong to doubt. You should not question what's going on here. He's saying, guys, all those doubts, the answers are in God, in Jesus, in his son. All the mystery of things that you have no idea are in him. In him who are hitting all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then he says, I say this in order that no one may delude you. Ha, are we get why is he saying that? Right? Because apparently they were having conversations with very smart people. I don't know this happened to you. But have you ever had a conversation with a guy that knows a lot about a subject? And, and you start talking to him or to her, and it makes you feel small. You know, you're just like... I have no idea. I mean, this is this is as much as I know about this subject, and maybe you have a PhD or a postdoc or whatever in this subject. You cannot do a lot. Either you agree with him, or you walk away, <laughs> right? But to follow the conversation or to try to debate with this person is going to be a tough one. Let me tell you. I've been there, and it's really it feels bad. You know, like. like Ooh, I, I don't know anything, either I'm 
dumb, or I don't know. So can you imagine this? This whole movement is going on, and these brothers and sisters are learning, like we are, like we are learning today. And then they hear all these things, so it's like, ooh, 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 what's going on here? So we can get to know Jesus. So is it, is it actually Jesus? So it, Gnosticism says that this Yahweh is not necessarily the, the, the big guy, so there's something bigger than him, or what, what's going on here? Do you see how confusing it is? It, it, it sounds like, oh, that, that sounds, it might be. So Paul knows this, and he's telling me, in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Man, they, those arguments sounded really good. And sometimes, and this is a, this is a tricky one, sometimes they can even use the word of God. And that makes it really hard. If somebody uses the word of God, and that deviates anyone from Jesus, watch out, guys. We need to be careful with that. Very careful. That's why it's important that we not only read the Bible, but that we study the Bible, that we study the Word, that we know what His Word, what God and the Spirit are teaching us. So when we hear those ideas, we already know where the answer is, and we already know where the real, real, real truth is, and not all those crazy ideas that sound that sounds very, you know. Very good. For instance, I, I would like to bring this particular subject to today. What's going on today? Have you heard of men with an even nicer beard than I have? I would like to have a beard sometimes, it looks like a carpet, you know, we call it a carpet, you know, like it goes from all the way here, all the way here. You can barely see the lips. I like to have a beard. It sounds weird, sorry. And they might be, I don't know, not that mine is a high, but I'm trying to make a point here. They might be 6'5, 200 pounds of pure muscle, strong guys, you know? And suddenly they say, I am a woman. You heard that before. Right? And we have a whole bunch of people trying to put into our society, into our line of thinking in this world. And we are under attack. That you can pick whatever you want to be? Really? So if I identify myself like a six, seven, Tall, a lot of muscle, probably black guy, can I go play in the NBA? And they would pay me millions of dollars? Ooh, I'll do it. Nonsense. That is nonsense. And I know you, do you agree with me? Thank you, you're, okay, yes. Okay, there are some people unfortunately that do not know that that is so, oh, if you identify as a whatever, 
then you are that? The truth is here. And funny enough, in the very beginning of the book, it explains that. Like mm -hmm. I created man and woman. Full stop. He made it. You don't get to choose. That line of thinking is going on like crazy right now. And I'm guessing we all heard about it. You see? Now, is it moving you? Or, or do you know the answer for those things? You, you see it? Paul is talking to us too. Because maybe, maybe that, that one isn't easy, right? That would be an easy one. We're like, ah, easy. Man and woman, no problem. But there are other lines, other things, other things that maybe we're like, ah, oh, I'm not sure about that one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you saying that I cannot, I don't know, dye my hair, otherwise I go to the hell? I'm just going to get an example. I mean, where does it say that in the Bible? Are you saying that I cannot, I don't know, put green salsa and red salsa in the same taco? <laughs> you, of course you can. It makes it more spicy and it's really cool. You see it? Things that are, maybe we're not like, ah, oh, that's easy to answer. It's here. This is what's happening today. We have a lot, we have a lot of stuff going on in the world. We are under attack. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So instead of, ah, that's not true, you're a we come here. We come here and we study and we grow and He will make us grow in His knowledge and understanding and all the mystery that is hidden for the world. We have access to it. Guys, I don't know if you hear what I just said. We have access to all the to the treasures, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We should be able to go home with just with this part and be all day thinking about it like oh, are we talking about the creator here? Are we talking about this being that we cannot even describe? Are we talking about this being that he suddenly appeared here? We all boom, die right away. <coughs> Are you saying that I can get to know him? That's what he's saying. Now, does that mean that you're going to be perfect or that you? are going to be above and beyond everyone else. It doesn't. I don't know if you noticed the pattern already, but I, I, I hope, I, I'm sure you notice this. I hope you don't mind it. And, and that's um, it's something that is just constantly in my head, in my heart. I'm constantly saying, be transformed. That your heart is, is, is being transformed by God. Should your mind change by the Lord? You see, because that's what matters. Like, like Phil mentioned, he, Phil, sorry, Paul is not 
praying for this group of people, saying, bless their business. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. You can pray for the Lord, you know, for the Lord to bless your business. Go ahead. Pray for your finances. Go ahead. That's not bad. That's not a problem. You have a health, like a health, um, physical issue. Pray for it. Yes, you can pray for it. But, but you see the point. What he's saying is that we get to understand and to know him fully. That is the main point. That is the main point. For though I am absent in body and with you in spirit, when I read this part, I was like, hold on, what is this? Because I remember, you know, many years ago, I heard a guy saying that he, the actual spirit of Paul went in trouble somehow, I don't know why, how, in a bike, in a horse, in an airplane, and what with these guys with them. And at this point of my life, I'm, no, I'm still like not understanding what's going on, so I'm like, what? We can do that? I mean, if Paul can do it, like a mortal guy like we are, that means that we can do it. Careful. If it is possible or not, I can. I mean, I cannot say, like, oh, that's not true. Well, I, might, I might need to study more to give you like a more precise answer. But what I understand in the translation that I got, it says that he cared so much for them, and his desire was for them. You see, you see the difference? Like, because you can be here, but my desire, and, and you know, in my spirit, my desire is for, for this person over there to thrive in his relationship with God. Does that make sense, or is it confusing? Or should we delete the video and go back and start again? <laughs> Those kind of details, you know, if you if you don't understand, if you, if you're not, if we, as you said, we if we are not studying His Word and understanding how what God really wants for us, then we can get deceived by some of those line of things that sound very that makes sense. With you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. It, it's interesting to me that he says to see your good order, like in other words, how disciplined you are. And, and you, I mean, I already told you this. And I don't know if this sounds, sounds wrong, but I believe that I'm going to call it a good behavior according to the moral standards of the world or the Bible, let's say. I believe that is an expression of the love of Jesus in our hearts. Let me tell you what, and you know my testimony. I was like such a good boy. I behaved so well. And I remember getting to a point, then you can laugh if you want, okay? 
to a point in which I, I literally had a list of bad things that I was like, I don't do this, I don't do that, 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 that. Goodness, there's nothing wrong with me. What do you think about that? Do you think I was safe? Do you think I, I knew Jesus at this point in my life? I doubt it. Because we can, we can be all good in the outside. Like, for instance, you know, I'm not trying to show off, but I forgot got this new shirt for Christmas. Isn't it cool? <laughs> My wife gave it to me. And I know, you know, I'm humble and I know I look good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you don't know if I brush my teeth today and I let you get close to me. Oh, you don't know if I took a shower. Oh, I take a shower every Sunday regardless if I need it or not. Okay? Only on Sundays. You don't know what has the inside, right? And the outside is easy. Oh, we can make it up. We can, you know, shave. And, but you don't know what's going on inside. That was happening to me. That was all good on the outside, man. And people can see that. That rotten in the inside. That is so dangerous. So, the good works in our lives is an expression of His love. Now, let me tell you this. If there are some things in your life that you know needs to be changed, I'm not saying that you should not try to do good works. What I'm saying is that you should allow Jesus to change you and the good works that will come out by themselves. Why? Because that is your new humanity. It's a new nature that is in you that you have so much love in your heart that you just love. And it's not about I want you to do it or not. No, this is who you are. The Spirit of God is transforming you and changing you. That doing good works is not even harder than effort. It's just an expression of His love through your life. Does that make sense? So, and the purpose of your faith in Christ. So, we finish this section with something very important firmness, solid, unmovable, something that remains and stays there. Faith, what you believe, what you know is true. In what? He goes back to the main character in Christ. Have you noticed? Everything is about him. Everything is because of him. Everything is for him. In him. I think I gave you the example of the tick, right? The tick, the tick. Ah, how many of you like ticks? I guess not, you don't. Am I saying the right word tick? You know, like that awful thing <laughs> that attaches to animals? Those things are disgusting. I mean, I don't know why God created them, to be honest. Those things are awful. I remember, sorry for the, for the experience, I remember the first time that I saw one. You know, my body got like, you know, shaking. So weird. They look awful. And the closer you get to see them, the worse it gets also. And so, and these guys, to live 
I mean, I don't, I don't even know if they do something good to the animals. If anybody knows, please let me know, okay? I don't know. What I do know is that just, they just suck blood. And that's the only way they can live. If you take them out of the, whatever, dog or a cow, or I don't know, if they go to birds, I don't know. They die, right? Because they need blood. Like, we all do. I mean, I do eat blood, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's something weird. <laughs> So, sorry that for the analogy, it sounds bad, but that's basically how I sometimes see myself. Sorry. Bro, I'm just a tank. I, I need Jesus. And I need to be close to him. And fuck the life. Otherwise, I'm going to die. But he's a man character, right? And I'm attached to him like a tick that when he goes to the Father, I'll be there just, you know, like, ah! It sounds weird. Sorry for the example, but I just, it, that's, that's what it is. We cannot do anything without him. We need Jesus for everything. We need Jesus for everything. And this is, this is what's happening during this time. These brothers are passing through some challenges. And, and Paul just addresses that directly. And, and I wonder, I wonder if, you know, they, they have a desire of knowing more. Desire to know more of Jesus. And Paul is basically saying, Yes, you can have it all. All the knowledge of Him is in Christ. All those mysteries that are impossible to understand is in Christ. All those things that you hear and you have no idea are in Christ. Now, I just, 
I just want to point out something really quick. Um, and I, I hope I can explain this because I, I wouldn't like you to leave here saying like, oh, I need to lease this, but I'm not sure. So I, please ask me if, if I'm not explaining myself very well. I believe, how can I say this? I need to be careful with this. Okay, I shouldn't say it because it's going to be bad. Right? Like, oh, no, why did, because why did you say it is there? <laughs> That's a good point. So, let's see how it goes. And I'll tell you this. If I make a mistake and you guys shows me that I'm wrong, I give you my word that I'll come and apologize and I'll forgive you. And please do, if you, guys, we are, we are a family, we're like, if you see something, I need your help too, and you will see it in a, in a minute, with my explanation example. We need each other, okay? You're helping me, man. and you're blessing me. So this is the thing. I think you can be, or have a relationship with God. Necessarily have to go to the church. Oh, don't leave you. Let me finish. Why do I say that? Because the relationship with God is personal. Okay? Because even if you do not go to church one day on Sundays, it doesn't mean that God is like, oh, you didn't go to church? He's not going to give you the crap. Right? I believe you can have a relationship. However, listen to this one. It, it caught my eye when he says, Get together in love. Because he's addressing all of them. He's addressing all of them. And. I wanna, I'm going to do kind of a random exercise, if you don't mind. This is going to be the last one. So I'm going to ask you gentlemen here to come, come help me. No worries, it's going to be fine. So then look at this amazing man. Strong guys. So these guys... Okay, they are walking with God, with Jesus, right? Now, let's say, bear with me, okay? Let's say the fully understanding and knowledge of Jesus, of God, is here. Well, it's here, okay? Because here is the Bible, the Word of God. And as they are walking in their lives and traveling here to this point, there are things that might block them 
right? So Blake, if you please start walking over here, and then suddenly a line flaking comes here, right? And then you try to pass me. I know you're strong, but with all the respect, I think I can stop you, right? Even if you try really hard, I can hug you and pick you up and move you to another place. Even if you want to, the desire in his heart is to get here, but he doesn't know a couple of things. But now he's with, is it Luke or Lucas? Lucas. You want to be called Luke or Lucas? Yeah. Lukey. Lucas. We're used to Lukey. Now, if they're together, Lucas is a little bit stronger and taller. You know, it might be a little bit harder for me to move them. But I can still push them a little bit and just instead of getting to the place where they